Hello and welcome to Soothing Pod Sleep Stories. My name is Laura and I will guide you to a night of peaceful sleep as I tell you the story of the beauty and the beast. Before we begin, however, let us take a few minutes to find tranquility and comfort in the space that we are in. Lie down in your bed in a way that feels comfortable to your body. There is nothing you need to do in this moment, except to allow your body to do what it naturally wants to do. There are no obligations, no work that needs to be done. All you need to do is simply be. Close your eyes and allow yourself to sink into the mattress. With your eyes closed, imagine a candle in a dark room. As you breathe in, imagine the flame on that candle growing and growing and growing and growing. As you exhale, picture the flame shrinking, crackling dimly in the room. Breathe in for one, two, Three, four. Can you feel the warmth of the candle putting your body at ease? As you exhale for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Can you feel the peace and coziness that the dimmering candle brings? Continue this breathing for a few moments, watching and feeling as the candle grows and dims, grows and dims, grows and dims, grows and dims. Embrace the calm of the moment as it lulls you to a place of relaxation. Now that we've settled into bed, and allowed our minds to slow. Let us begin our story tonight. Long, long ago, in the lush countryside of France, there was a small village, shaded by groves of trees and laced with the clearest rivers in the world. The cobblestone streets that meandered through the sleepy town centre smelled of fresh baked bread and wild flowers, and they were alive with the sound of happy villagers going about their daily lives. On the outskirts of the village, there lived a young woman named Belle. Her home was one of the smallest in all of France, but she didn't mind, because she shared the house with the most wonderful person on the planet, her father. While Belle was but twenty years old, her father was much older, a man who had experienced all the joys, losses, and adventures that life had to offer. He spent most of his days tinkering with inventions and telling the townspeople of all the wonderful things he would create. And this love of creation this wonder of life, was passed down onto his daughter. 
She spent many of her days lounging in the tall grass of the local meadows, soaking in the sunshine and breathing in the smell of violets, daffodils and lavender that stretched for miles all the way to the mountains. And it was in those mountains that there was a castle, a castle that had long been forgotten, a castle whose resident had once loved creation and loved the wonders of life just as much as Belle. For in that castle, there lived a beast. The beast lived in isolation and fear, locking himself behind his stone walls, surrounding himself with overgrown gardens and forests of bramble to protect himself from the townspeople. Had Belle known about the poor beast living in solitude, she probably would have journeyed to him by herself, offering comfort and companionship. But tales of the beast were a mere whisper in the town, a legend told around crackling campfires and children's parties. Belle knew what it meant to be an outsider. Her best friends were the books she gathered in her own private library and curled up to read all hours of the day. The townspeople didn't seem to understand her, much like they would never understand the beast. One day, Belle's father set out to visit a neighbouring town and show his invention to the world. As he set off, disappearing into a forest silhouetted by grey storm clouds, Belle couldn't help but feel as though something was about to change in her life forever. Her father wandered the woods for hours as rain poured from the darkening sky. A shiver came over him the kind of shiver that only autumn rain can bring to a person. He wondered how he would ever escape the forest, and then he came upon a peculiar sight. It was the beast's castle, engulfed in overgrown plants and coated in ivy and moss. Though it looked abandoned, Belle's father could see the warmth of candles radiating from beyond the stained glass windows. He stepped inside, shrugging off the dampness of his travels. An inviting fireplace in the main parlour beckoned to him, inviting him to rest his weary bones for just a moment. As the fire crackled before him, and the rain trickled down, 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 just outside the windows, he felt his eyes grow heavier and heavier and heavier still, Soon he lay on the plush rug and closed his eyes, drifting off to sleep. But this didn't last long for Belle's father. The beast swept into the room and was taken aback by the sight of a villager in his home. A single villager put his entire way of life at risk. He awakened Belle's father. He was astounded by the sight of the towering beast. Seeing no other option to protect himself, the beast took Belle's father upstairs, locking him away in a jail cell. The beast was unsure of what to do next. 
For the first time in years, there was another person to talk to. Someone he could connect with. Someone to sharpen his mind and keep him company. But he knew it couldn't last. He was a monster, and the man was sure to betray him at some point, just like all the others had before him. He decided he would keep Bell's father in the castle for the rest of his days. But the beast was unaware of the love Bell had for her father. He was unaware of the lengths she would go to find him and bring him home, where he belonged. That very night, when her father didn't return, Bell set off into the dark of night. She wrapped a warm shroud around her shoulders as she journeyed through the woods in the rain, lighting her pathway with a crackling lantern, which cast the forest in an orange glow. When she stumbled upon the castle, its beauty rendered her breathless. There was something so magical about places that once were places that nature had seemingly taken over. As her eyes traced every brick and balcony, she saw a silhouette in a window in the high, high tower. As she looked closer, she realised it was her father. Without thinking, Belle made her way into the castle. Its warmth immediately comforted her, but as she walked further and further up the stairs, it became obvious her father wasn't here of his own volition. She found him in the cell, and though he warned her of the beast, Belle was unafraid. She didn't believe any living thing could be that terrible, whether they were human or beast. When the beast arrived in the jail, Belle couldn't believe her eyes. He was covered in hair, nearly twice the size of a normal man, but he had eyes that were so human. It felt as though she could see his entire life in them. For a moment, she was mesmerised by those blue eyes. And the beast, he couldn't believe what he was seeing either. Belle lived up to her name. She was a woman of beauty, with eyes that shined with kindness and strength. Belle begged the beast to take her in place of her father and though her father repeatedly persisted that he didn't want Belle to do so, the beast finally agreed. Belle's father was sent off, back to the tiny cabin on the outskirts of town, nestled between the mountains and the meadows. As he faded into the distance, Belle knew now she was truly alone. Though she was prepared to spend the rest of her life in the jail cell, the beast led her to her own bedroom instead. I thought I was a prisoner here, Belle said, confusion clouding her words. The beast looked uneasy for a moment, unsure of how to answer, before he replied, you're no prisoner here. He closed the door behind him, leaving Belle alone. Belle paced, trying to decide what to do about her situation. She saw all that humanity and kindness in the beast's eyes. He had just showed her an ounce of goodness, and she wanted to see more. 
She lit a fireplace in the room and sat beside it, in a plush chair, for what seemed like hours. She had a single book that she had happened to have in her apron, and though she had read it before, she read it once more, sitting by that crackling fire. After a few hours, she found herself drifting off to sleep, and though she was in a strange place, with a strange beast, she was somehow unafraid, somehow calm. When morning came, Belle could hear the sound of birds just outside the stained glass window. The window painted the room in a mosaic of blues, reds and oranges, which shimmered and danced across the hardwood floors. She watched the display for a long time, before she realised the castle was entirely silent, aside from the birds. How did the beast live in such solitude? How did he handle waking up in a quiet house, day after day after day? Soon she swept down the grand staircase, looking for the beast. She discovered him in the kitchen, surrounded by a clutter of pots and pans, and the smell of a brilliant breakfast. The beast scurried around the kitchen, struggling to undo bottles of fragrant spices. As the beast tried to crack an egg, Belle stepped into the kitchen and took the egg in her hands, cracking it easily into the bowl. The beast smiled at her, a bit embarrassed. The beast tried to cook on his own, telling Belle he would cook for her, but Belle insisted. Since I'm staying here, I'd love to help. The two worked together to create a mouth-watering breakfast and settled down to eat it in a marvellous garden. As they ate their meals in relative silence, the beast couldn't take his eyes off Belle. He hadn't eaten a meal with someone in years, and having Belle here almost made him feel human again. He thanked her quietly, still getting used to hearing his own voice. Over the next few days, the two hardly discussed Belle's imprisonment, because truly, she didn't feel like a prisoner. She ate her meals with the beast, and most nights, she read in the drawing room with him, by the fire, until night fell. One night, the beast looked to the book in her hands. He told her she deserved to read new books, books that weren't worn, books full of new stories and adventures. When she responded that the book was all she had, the beast took her by the hand with a smile on his face, a smile that warmed Belle's heart. He opened large French doors, revealing a library that was two stories high. The deep mahogany shelves shone, and thousands of books that stretched to the ceiling were a rainbow of colours. Belle gazed around the room in awe, tears welling in her eyes at the beautiful sight. What is all this? Belle asked breathlessly. The beast gestured to the room with a grin. It's all yours, Belle. All these books are for you. Belle couldn't believe what she was hearing. Without another word, she leapt up, wrapping her arms around the beast 
as she pulled him into an embrace. It was an embrace of pure joy, of excitement, but as they held each other, it seemed like so much more. The two spent the afternoon lounging on couches in the library. Belle read aloud to the beast, who closed his eyes and allowed the words to transport him to another time, another place. But as the book came to an end, Belle noticed something in the corner of the room. It was a rose, protected by a glass case. The rose's petals drooped towards the floor, and as Belle put a hand against the glass, a petal fell gently, landing on the table and disappearing in an instant. When Belle turned to ask the beast what it was, she knew immediately that the rose was a source of great pain for him. He told her of the curse that had been placed upon him. Long ago, he was a prince living in the castle. An old woman approached him, looking for shelter, but in his selfishness, he turned her away. The old woman revealed that she was a witch, cursing the beast into his current form. He would be trapped as a beast forever, unless he was loved and learned to love in return before the final petal fell. Belle was surprised to hear this, but she put her hand on the beast's back, comforting him. How sad it was that he had spent all these years with no love in his life. For the next few weeks, Belle and the Beast adjusted to their lives together. They cooked breakfast every morning and ate their meals in the garden. They talked about novels and their ideas for a better world. Once winter swept across the land, the Beast took Belle on a walk through the snow-filled woods. White flakes clung to the evergreen pines. Icicles dripped off the edges of cliffsides and logs, glistening in the morning sun. The beast walked mostly in silence, because there was something he desperately wanted to say. His feelings for Belle had grown into something he had never experienced before. By her side, he felt whole. He felt like the best version of himself. He didn't ever want to lose that feeling, and she deserved to know. But in his silence, Belle had an idea. She leaned down and rolled a snowball, tossing it at the beast with a bright smile. The two giggled as they pranced through the forest, ducking behind trees and rocks, lobbing soft snowballs at each other. Finally, they both slipped on a patch of ice, landing in each other's arms. Belle felt warm and safe immediately, and as she looked into the beast's eyes, she knew he did as well. They walked back home, grinning ear to ear. The beast gazed at Belle, taking in the sight of her eyes glistening in the sun. She radiated joy and peace, something the beast wanted her to feel forever. He told her he had a surprise for her that night, urging her to put on the dress in the upstairs wardrobe. Belle journeyed upstairs and opened the wardrobe to find the most beautiful dress 
she had seen in her life. It was gold, like the colours of the flowers in the meadows around the castle. She walked downstairs in the dress, her heart beating sweetly as she imagined what the surprise could possibly be. When she stepped into the ballroom, she found the beast in a suit, his hand extended as an invitation. The beast swept Belle up in his arms, spinning her around the room as the two danced and swayed to music. They stared into each other's eyes as they danced, sparks flying between them. As the music began to reach an end, Belle clung to the beast even tighter, not wanting the moment to end. She realised that regardless of how he looked, regardless of the curse, she was falling for him. She leaned forward, kissing the beast gently. Gold light surrounded them as they were lifted up into the air. Before Belle's very eyes, the beast began to transform into his previous form. In that moment of true love, the curse was broken. The beast and Belle spent the rest of their lives together. Slowly, they worked together to clean up the castle, and it became a public community space for the townsfolk, who soon came to love the beast. Belle's father lived with Belle and the beast in the castle, spending the rest of his days with his beloved daughter and her unconventional but incredible husband. They lived lives of peace, joy, and real, true love. A fairy tale unlike any other. I hope this story has helped you reach a night of peaceful sleep. Please join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams. <laughs>